the PCAM podcast, recorded at Wave Studios, a sound design and mixing facility with a worldwide reputation for audio excellence. The PCAM podcast. So hello there, this is the first in a series of PCAM podcasts, which will be looking at various issues in the industry, designed to offer our members and anyone else who is interested information on the advertising music industry. So we're going to go into why exactly PCAM was set up and what it does as an organisation. But first, we are going to introduce ourselves around the table and I'm going to start with Tony. Hi, I'm Tony Satchel. I run Candle Music. Uh, We've been doing music for advertising for about 35 years. My name's Augusta Quiney and um, I'm a founder of a music production company called ABOM, which has been running about 13 years and I'm the current chair of PCAM. Hi, I'm Chris Smith. I'm a composer-producer. I currently run a music production company called The Barbershop Music Company. Prior to that, I was the founder of the Final Touch Productions, and I've been a member of PCAM since 1988. I'm Sally Johnson. I'm the composer, one of the composers, and co-founders of The Noise Deli. Um, We're pretty new, five years. Pretty new to PCAM too, two years. Cool. Uh, and I am Blair Mowat. I should have probably introduced myself at the start, but I didn't. There you go. That was my first mistake. Uh, I am a freelance composer. Uh, I compose music mainly for film, but I do do little bits of sort of advertising and viral stuff as well. So um, why PCAM? Why did it um, first start out? Tony, you have some valuable information on this, I believe. It started, well, I started uh, Candle in 1979 and knew absolutely nothing about advertising music because I came from the record business. Um, but it was an area which was quite exciting at the time. There were about five main companies doing stuff for advertising. Um, and I always had to ring up uh, somebody called Maggie at Aerodale for information because she was the only one who knew what was going on. Um, and advertising agencies were sort of being a bit divisive with people and, and telling them different stories about how they should operate. So it was, everyone sort of decided it would be a good idea if we all got together, and not to start a union, but to start a meeting of people who were in the same business to help each other, to give us each other information and advice, and to try and forward the cause and the professionalism of advertising music. So that started a SPAM, which was Society of Producers of Advertising Music. Um, that was obviously a good joke. We enjoyed it at the time. <laughs> <laughs> this went on for a bit. Um, and that was in about 1982. And then it was decided, as more and more members started joining, that it was a bit of a frivolous name. Mm. And also, people were obviously getting a bit confused with the product. So we should think of another name so we try to keep the same sort of letters so we ended up with PCAM which is producers and composers of applied music and we tried to broaden it so that it covered more than just commercials Great, excellent um, and then Chris you sort of joined after Tony didn't you? Yeah I was the young upstart about 10 yeah. years later and I came from a background of songwriting and, 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 and production and really wanted to find a way into a business where it was a bit more 9 to 5, a bit more grown up and my lack of hair wouldn't be seen as a major impediment to stardom <laughs> and so I set up Final Touch originally at end of 88, beginning of 89 mainly to do advertising. I'd done some work as a freelance copywriter. I mean, I read English at university. I was at Oxford reading English. but um, and, and so I sort of had some connections in the world of advertising. So we started this. 
And <laughs> although odd, perhaps in the current climate, we kind of went to where we perceived, you know, there was a, a livelihood to be made and good money. Um, because at that time, of course, all the companies that were around and companies like Tony's had a very visible physical presence in the West End. So there was quite a lot of barrier to entry. I mean, you know, you needed money. You needed to be here in town. You needed to have the kit. You needed to look like the real deal. You couldn't just do it in your bedroom. You couldn't just do it in your bedroom. Laptops and mobile phones didn't exist. I mean, it's bizarre as that may seem. You know, mm. I mean, in those days, you know, the fax machine was something that you went and used on a corner shop for a pound a sheet. You know, I mean, it was bizarre. I had a, I had a, 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 a golf ball typewriter, which I thought was really cool because I could pre-program cassette labels on it you know and i mean that does sound bizarre but but it wasn't actually that long ago so and i i needed to know kind of you know like tony i guess i was looking for information and for for a source of that information to sort of figure out how i should go about doing my business and um i can't remember right now who, oh i know who told me about it isabel griffiths the well-known orchestral yeah. fixer who i went to see because i i, I blithely thought i'd be doing huge amounts of major orchestral work so i went and had a chat with isabel and she suggested that i should join spam as it then was and i went along to my first meeting which used to be in the glory days upstairs at um what was the restaurant in in greek street lescargo just shows you how the glory days were the glory days mm -hmm. and sat there in awe and there was the, in those days a lot of people that would turn up to physical meetings actual meetings and and i thought wow i've sort of entered this amazing sort of professional not quite secret society but it, it, it really felt like you know wow really joining people who know what the hell they're talking about that's great. great i've got to say that that's why i felt when i first joined pcam and i first came to my PCAM committee meeting, I had no idea what anyone was talking about, which is why I was there to sort of soak it, <laughs> soak it all up. Yeah, for sure. Um, and we should say that PCAM members are always welcome to come to any PCAM meetings that we hold um, if they do want to soak up some information. But they, uh, we've had a few here and there, haven't we? Mm. But yeah, not, not loads. Absolutely. But Augusta, so you joined after Chris and... Um, why did you first join PCAM? Similar reasons? Um, well, I went to work for a, um, a company called M62, which was um, initially set up as a sound design company, um, but were writing a lot of original music by the time I got there, which was at the turn of the century. I like saying that. <laughs> Just, yes. The new millennium. Richard Hasten, I do mean the turn of the 21st century. Sounds very grand. Yes. Yeah. Um, but um, they knew about PCAM and... Um, I moved across from um, a career in the music industry, so working in advertising was completely new to me. And I had no idea really how you were supposed to charge and um, what sort of legal agreements should be in place when you license music for a TV campaign. Um, and I, I wasn't actually used to this very direct sense of competition in which we all work, this context where we're sort of pitched against each other. Um, and actually the sense of isolation that I think that that can mm. induce. Um, it's really tough. It's tough if you're a sole composer and it's also tough if you work in a music production company because um, you don't necessarily feel inclined or there are no opportunities to talk to your competitors and our clients pitch us against each other. So it was um, just a great relief to discover that there was this organisation to whom you could go for advice, targeted specific advice, you know, clear-cut stuff about how to, how to, what value to put on your work and um, what your rights were. 
Um, and actually also it was an opportunity to connect with other people who do what you do and were able to give advice and moral support as much as anything else. Um, a really, really valuable um, and wonderful thing and I was hugely relieved to discover it when I did. Um, and then I think I was invited to join the committee um, I think it was probably about seven years, six or seven years ago, um, and I was very, very excited to do that. And since, have very much enjoyed that sort of camaraderie that we have on the committee, where we can compare compare war stories. But um, I think today, um, and in fact, I'd be interested to hear what Sally thinks because she's a newer member. Um, what we're trying to do is still um, communicate the important um, lessons about good business practice and how we can maintain the value of music in a very, very challenging environment, um, but also how we can demonstrate that uh, as a composer or a music production company, you are not alone. Mm -hmm. It is a very solitary profession, isn't it? it is. um yeah, and I think you're right that um, at the moment, certainly in the sort of post-Napster generation, you know, the current crop of, you know, people working music and production and everything um, have come from a generation where, you know, music was free when we were teenagers. And, you know, people, mm. there is a spiral of decline that um, is happening when people don't put a price on their music. And certainly when you first leave university, like I found, a lot of people want you to work for free. And I think what PCAM is great for is sort of telling you why that isn't a good thing and why at the time it might seem that it's really good to get a, a leg up on the ladder and there are certain instances when that's okay but in general for stuff which is a commercial project stuff where you should be getting paid demo fees there's a reason for that because it helps you down the line when you're actually working at it in a few years down there so sally you're the newest member to the you're the, you're the newest member to the pcam committee aren't you indeed yeah. thanks yeah. to augusta kindly invited me on board right and what do you what do you think of everything so far are, are we all mad um or pretty much yeah i have to say Comes with yes the territory. definitely i think all all people who exist in a fairly solitary existence as a musicians do tend to mm, like mm. us i mean that i completely um it was just an accident almost to even become a composer of applied music in the first place let alone actually find pcam is also kind of an accident i there's no information about anything to do with this business structure there's it's just not common knowledge and if you find yourself making music for adverts as I did, kind of by chance, it really was the only source of information available. And I found it on Google, basically. Good to <laughs> it, yeah, that's yeah. great, that's great. I and searched, it was the only thing that I could find that would actually deliver any information. And that is the first and foremost what it's there for, I think. And definitely, I found it excellent meeting other people who do what I'm doing, because it is, it is pretty solitary. Yeah, and it can it can be quite uh, you can feel really up against it sometimes. So I think it's really really valuable tool, absolutely, and it's it's the only thing available. 
I was going to say one of the things as well that, that, that I think is really good is that no matter how long you've been in this business, you know, I mean, Tony runs the helpline and issues wisdom to lots of other people and, you know, I, we all get calls, but nobody knows everything. Mm. And, and the truth is that you're always going to get thrown a curveball at some point, no matter how long you've been in it. And what's really nice is actually knowing that there's a network. I mean, I have people, you know, who've been in the business an awful long time who phone me up for advice. And you know, in a month's time, I might be phoning them up for advice. Uh, you know, it, it, it goes around and comes around. And, and, and I think it's very, very encouraging to know that there is this support group, even though we are effectively in competition for work against each other in many cases. The fact of the matter is there is a support group and there is a strong sense of professional solidarity which binds us together, whereby, you know, if somebody calls you for help, even if you've never met them, whatever, um, you're going to help if you can. Mm. And I think that's what this is about. Yeah, and I think it's nice to feel that there are people out there sort of fighting your battles and sort of helping out. Because I first encountered, I think it was you and Jonathan, I saw a music <laughs> tank event and you were, oh, yeah. you were laying in, I won't say you were laying into, but you were laying into it's some people. probably there on the internet who, to who be were, found. Who were talking about, you know, sort of taking away publishing and, mm. you know, like um, licensing music for use in other countries. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just so impressed how, you know, <laughs> vitriolic you were in a nice way, in a, in a playful way. And um, also both very articulate. And I thought these guys know what they're talking about. And um, that's why I certainly tried to get involved. Okay, so as we reach the end of the podcast, I think it'd be nice to talk about the standardised contracts which PCAM negotiated, which was one of the greatest achievements, would you say, of the organisation? Um, who would like to lead up the discussion on how that happened? Um, I think it was with the IPA, which is the Institute of Practitioners of Advertising, um, who represent all the major advertising agencies. And we felt it would be nice to have something in place which which they were happy with and we were happy with. And so over a period of time, we negotiated a contract which now is considered to be the standard contract for commercials in advertising. Um, And I think it gave a good structure, which certainly wasn't there before, that everyone can go go along with. And I would add to that 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 I think we're pretty much the only organisation. I mean, standardisation in this business is the holy grail, frankly. And I think we're the only organisation that has managed to negotiate that kind of standardisation um, of, of, of contractual, you know, of, of a contractual agreement with, with the body that represents those people who commission us. So I think that, you know, although we're a small organisation, the very fact that we managed to negotiate those things has enabled us to punch really our weight and then some in this business. And, and I think other organisations in this country and, and abroad look at us, you know, with, 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 with envy. I mean, for a start, I mean, there are organisations representing advertising media composers in Australia and in Germany who have based their entire operation on what was achieved by us in this country. And I think it's also a testament to the great relationship that we have forged with the IPA. Um, that we have um, that mutual respect between the two organisations and we are able to take issues to them, whether that's uh, maybe something that's cropped up with an, with an individual member who may be having difficulty with a, an agency, um, or if there are you know general um, issues that need raising, their door is open to us and we have regular meetings um, with the IPA. Um, and we also have a very great relationship with other um, UK organisations, music organisations like Basca um, and the MU. Um, and we're also affiliated with the Creators' Rights Alliance, who are um, representing all sorts of creators. Um, 
freelance creators. Freelance creators, yes. Mm, mm. So those sorts of ties, I think, um, are very important. Uh, and of course, also PRS, which one stage didn't take the royalties generated by advertising commercials very seriously. Um, and due to our sort of good works, they're now doing a really good job at picking up royalties for, for commercial composers. I'd say this is in danger of being swamped with acronym, acronyms here. The CRA's Creators' Rights Alliance, and PRS is the Performing Rights Society. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, as a composer, can I just add, that's probably, uh, well, it's definitely the only way to get a standardised contract to present to a client. Mm. And that is the main reason I was looking at PCAM. Yeah, so whether you're an existing member or a new member, you can um, log in and you can find those contracts on the members section of the website, can't you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Invaluable As well resource. as other information about how to sort of put a value on your work. Yes. So... I think we should probably start to wrap up there. Uh, I think it's important to say anyone who's interested in finding out more about PCAM can do what Sally did and type PCAM into Google. Or you can go to the website, which is www.pcam.co.uk. And now you can find us on Twitter and Facebook and also is LinkedIn. I think that's being set up as well shortly, if it hasn't already. So, um, yes, we have far more of a social media presence I said I, I felt quite old myself saying oh now you can find us on Facebook and Twitter because it's you know kind of everyone's on it but uh, yeah we are on there so please do come and visit the website and also the um, helpline which Chris mentioned earlier is also a great resource to find out just give the number of the helpline maybe. you certainly can Tony the PCAM helpline number is 0906 633 0070 that's 0906 6330070. I'm not afraid to admit as well that even as chair of PCAM that I call the PCAM helpline from time to time as Tony will. <laughs> I um, called it last confess. week. Yeah, it's just one of those things. Sometimes something comes your way and you're not quite sure what the answer is. Yeah, and, um, definitely. You know, I'm comparatively, you know, compared to the experience that um, Tony and Chris have, mm. it, there's going to be certain things that I need to get a second opinion on. Yeah. Um, and for that, it's worth its weight in gold. So if you've got a problem, go to the PCAM website. Um, if you're a member, first of all, join PCAM. Go to the website, log in, look at some of the pages where all the help is. If you can't find an answer, then the PCAM helpline is the place to call. So that wraps up our first podcast. We're going to take a short break now, and um, we look forward to joining you for another podcast soon. The PCAM podcast.